And welcome back to the Sports Rundown. We're going to have a dandy of an episode here. Uh, we've got the college football. We're entering week five, so we're going to talk real quick about uh, week four, what happened there. We'll first start off with our Pick'em scores, just because I won and Z lost miserably. I did feet. the worst I think I've done possibly ever on a Pick'em week. I did so bad this I week. think last year you might have had a four and five, four and six week. Did I? I, I think so. There was a couple of rough weeks last year that we all had. But overall, we've done way better this year, I will say. So I had 50 points, went, set, went eight and two. Ethan, 47 points, seven and three. Josh, 41 points, also went seven and three. Just had some... Lost his nine point game. That's that's what it got him there. It's been brutal. Z just lost just about every game. Went five and five. Scored yeah. thirty five points. He did score more than half, though. So we'll give him that. Your confidence was more than half of what it could have been. Oh well, because the max because the North Carolina game saved me. <laughs> yeah. So uh, just some quick breaking news as we're recording this uh, Wednesday at two and. Uh, so this happened just a little bit ago. Michigan State fired their head coach. What do we uh, think about that one? Tuck ain't coming no more. <laughs> See, <I> mean, <laughs> don't give me that look. The Saints tuck coming, and he ain't coming no more. He's gone. He left. He, he didn't leave. He got kicked so off. So it's tuck going now. Yeah, tuck going. Tuck leaving. Tuck coming and going. But, um, yeah, I mean, it almost seemed confirmed like two weeks ago when they were – when they were talking about it, when he was taking a a leave of absence or whatever, it seemed as if he was already fired and stuff. Because multiple reports came out that were saying he was fired immediately. So, yeah. I mean, rough. Rough situation. I mean, not only with just off the field, but on the field too. I mean, after the type of season that they had with him in his first year, to just falling off almost immediately, it's just... And he recently got a massive contract. Exactly. Through 2028, 2029. No so part of it was good. The, the timing of this was definitely that it was in Michigan State's best interest to fire him at a time when they wouldn't have to pay him that money. And he's still claiming that he should be able to get, that he should be able to take legal action and get that money if he was falsely accused by this person. But. There, there, I'm sure there will be more on this in a legal sense in the future that will unfold. Yeah, I'd imagine in a legal sense more unfold. But I mean, just with how Michigan State's been playing, I'm honestly surprised that they gave him the contract extension, and the fact that, like, I feel like he would have been fired beforehand. You know, just just with the fact that they're saying Josh that their on the field performance has not been where it should be. And where it's been in years past, they simply can't afford him to because they would if they fire him, they would have to pay him eight this early in his co- massive contract. They'd have to pay him eighty or ninety million right there in a buyout. Right, that's why I said I don't know why they wouldn't have, why they would have extended his contract so big. Well, they did it at a time when, a- after they had had the big season with Kenneth Walker, so they did it after he came in and in two years it looked like he'd completely turned their season around. They beat Michigan, like. He, they had a they had one breakout season and he got extended at a good time there. One more thing before we move on, Jackson. How do you feel about this as a U of M fan? I think, honestly, as a U of M fan, it doesn't that part doesn't bother me about it. It's the fact that 
it's a Big Ten team, and I think that they they needed to have fired him just because of how the team's looking this past year. Like, obviously, they had their good year, sure, but that, I mean, you could have a good year whenever. I mean, people freaked out when Harbaugh couldn't beat Ohio State, so, like, let's fire him. So if, if that's the kind of standard that people have for head coaches, then Mel Tucker should have been gone after last year. So that's that's kind of what I think on it, just based on the fact of people reacting to certain head coaches certain ways. I mean, we saw last year with Nebraska firing their head coach midway through the season because they weren't winning. So I think it definitely could have should have been done. Well, I'd, there were some other things that got him fired, not well, just the not winning part. Well, I mean... If you want to fire coaches off not winning, let's get Dabo out of here. I don't want it. He doesn't need to be in college football anymore. Yeah, and I think that the just all the off off the field reasons for it definitely. As a head coach, I mean, yes, you're you know leading the team on the field, but also, I mean, these are college students. Like, if we look at our head coach on a, on the team right now, like Wes is a great leader, just absolute dog, Wesley Penberthy. Absolutely. So like. I mean, you need that kind of... He's going to be so happy he got a shout-out on the podcast. He really is. And, like, a good shout-out, too. Like, he's a great guy. And, like, that's like that's what you need as a college student is you need a head coach who's going to be doing the right thing for you. So let's move on now. Uh, let's uh, talk about the games from last week. We'll start off with the biggest uh, kind of surprise that kind of shook everyone, made everyone freak out for a little bit. The Oregon-Colorado blowout, 42-6. to six. Let me tell you, personally, I could not... I was watching this game, and I just could not believe how... Like, I know a lot of people were expecting Oregon to just come in and blow them out, but this was... This, the, that was a very... I can't even put it into words how... Like, I just think Oregon very just had a very good performance. Really shut down... Colorado in every way I mean it's it's kind of obvious at this point it, it just shows people that I mean obviously you have to taper expectations I know they they started off great but to me it kind of made sense that this game and this outcome was going to happen just because of the fact that I mean Colorado had so many players off their previous roster move out and I know they had a bunch of stars coming and everything and Dion and the, this whole wave, but it something like this was going to happen at some point. It's not as if they were going to be going 12-0, and 0, obviously, because that would have been an impossible feat considering the circumstances of this whole thing. Too, but at the same time, it's just like... did it last year. Good for them. I mean, Colorado didn't, so... Well, I'm but, just saying you said it was impossible. I mean, Did Tulane go 12-0? and 0? They did, didn't they? No. What'd they do last year? They lost to UCF and at least one other team. They did lose to UCF once in the regular season, but they won against USC in the What was Tulane's final record last year? They did not go twelve and zero. They lost to UCF in the season and they beat them in the conference championship and then went on to beat USC. Boom. So they go thirteen and one? Yes. They went one and eleven the previous season. Yeah, still, still a huge turnaround. No, they went twelve and two. Who was their other loss? Okay, yeah, I knew they had multiple losses. Uh, Southern Mississippi, early in the season, week four. Yeah. So, well, okay. Realistically, after watching this 
Colorado Oregon game. How do you feel Colorado can finish up the season? They're getting blown out by USC too. Well, uh, yeah, I, I would say so. I honestly see. I would actually. Score. I would actually think USC will actually be a closer game than Oregon was. I think USC will still win pretty convincingly. I would have to agree on that. I mean, if you're just talking about points-wise, I mean, if it was like a 36-point gap, yeah, maybe. But at the same time, USC's dropping more than 42 on them, I would bet. I don't think so. See, here's my thinking of what happened in that game is Colorado's coming off of this, you know, giant, you know, high of, hey, we're good, we're a team this year, we're going to fight. And they face, you know, Oregon, and it's like, all right, let's hit the brakes real quick. We don't, we aren't ready for this play because they don't really have, I mean, they, they've got some experience with him, but they don't have much winning against big teams experience. You also have to think they are with their best, they are, they were without their best defensive player. That's not right. going to do much for them. No, it won't But that do doesn't much, help you get 40 rushing yards. I was about to say, no, it does not. Well, they're not a rushing team, they're a passing team. I mean, I still feel like you should be able to get more than 40 rushing yards in a game. That, that's just a... I mean, uh, we can also say the fact that they caught Oregon at the worst time that you could catch a team, I think. Because Oregon, not only coming off of picking it up at the end of last season, I mean, they've looked like a completely revamped team from last season. They they look even better than they did. Now they're a top 10 team. No, so. we got to stop talking, like, I guess, down about Colorado and start talking it's not about that, how, I mean, it's, how good this Oregon team is. It's imp- I would agree. Like, it's but, impressive uh, for Colorado for what they were able to do in this, like, the first couple of weeks. But, I mean. It, it does put into perspective that, yes, they're a good team in their realm. But also, there's other teams that are definitely going to be better than them. And definitely, I don't think we shouldn't stop giving Colorado so much attention just because they are a turnaround team. But it also means that we should you know, not be as high on them as some people were saying, hey, they're natties right away. Like, yeah. And versus, no, I don't think crazy. any of us should be surprised that Oregon scored 42 points against them because this is, I mean, it's a defense that already gave up. 42 points to TCO. They gave up 35 to Colorado State. So even with Travis Hunter, the defense was not great by any means. But he was kind of their saving race in terms of his ability to make a make turnover. Plays, yeah, make plays, yeah. Make a play. play, make a turnover. Without him, they don't have that ability to make big plays. They're giving up a ton of points. However, I feel like it is shocking that they only scored six points. Yes, on I will touchdown. say that. Yeah. And I think... It would have been reasonable to expect, and if they played against again next week, I think Oregon is still scoring in the forties. That would be reasonable. I think Colorado would score more than six points. Like, I think reasonably you would expect them to be in the high teens, low twenties against Oregon. But that being said, it was a very impressive performance by Oregon's defense, and they, they should absolutely. There, there's a lot of teams clustered at the top in terms of playoff contenders, but Oregon is right there in the mix with them after this very, very complete performance. Another Pac-12 team that also had a very complete performance this week that we should at least touch on is Utah with their 14-7 win against UCLA. Get it going to 4-0 without Cam Rising, I feel like is very impressive, and their defense so far this year has been one of the more impressive defenses in the whole nation. Yeah, I think it's great that they're still 4-0 right now considering that Cam Rising hasn't been there one single time, so. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, 
if you if you're a team like that without him, I mean, put him on the team, and we'll we'll definitely see a good a good game come out of them uh, for sure in the future. So let's uh, look at another you know, not not Pac-12 team, uh, a close game for sure. Florida State Clemson, a game that not many people expected to be as close as it was. And if you look at the stats, like on the paper. Clemson kind of dominated that game, which was not the expectations for anyone because Florida State's been the team that they've been this year, you know, ranked number four. And then Clemson's been the team that they've been this year. And everyone's like, well, they're not, they're not there anymore. And it then turns into this overtime game. Yeah. I mean, I, I just don't even know what to think about FSU anymore. I mean, it, it was a good gritty win for for what it was and them making that comeback. But I mean, at the same time, we've talked about it the past couple of weeks with Clemson just being kind of middle of the pack so far this season and stuff. And I mean, they're Oh, and two in conference play. So I don't know how much of a chance they have the rest of the season yeah. in terms of making the ACC championship and getting back at it. But yeah, Clemson's definitely fallen off of the season. I think as far as like playoff and championship, or conference championship contender goes, they still obviously have, you know, the bowl games, everything else that they can work for. Um, But I think for Florida State, the one sentence I could definitely say for them is they know, or they can make the exact plays they need to make to do exactly what they need to do to win. Because we saw, I mean, with the last game that they were, it was Florida State last week that they went, like, behind for half of the game and they just shut out the second half. Right, so they so they knew what they were able to do exactly what they needed to do to win, and that's you know nothing more, nothing less, almost. I mean, yeah, the past two weeks they've looked shaky, having a two point win against Boston College as well as an overtime win against Clemson, both unranked teams. They have shown toughness, which has been enough to get them through. However, they they probably won't be able to sustain that style of winning the rest of the season as they still have games against Syracuse, Duke, and Miami who are all undefeated. So they, I think they're definitely going to need to be more consistent throughout the middle of ball games if they're gonna if they're gonna continue undefeated and continue towards a college football playoffs. However, they have shown they are a very tough team and gritty team. Yeah. Any comments from Uzi? Nope. You guys are doing great, summing it all up. It's okay. good. It's good if I don't get on a rant against it, Clemson. It really so. is. We're gonna. We should just mute your mic in the first place for this game. But we'll uh, move on to a team that honestly I probably shouldn't get much rant on. Seventeen fourteen. Ohio State wins with a final one second left on the clock touchdown and gets Notre Dame, which I was really hoping just for the fun of it. A one, like kickoff return for a touchdown would have been beautiful. Yeah, that would have been cool. But I at the actually, same time, they they won't let something like that happen. No, I was actually so livid when Ohio State won this game. I was so mad. I was, especially when you're like, when you realize how preventable this loss was. That Notre Dame could have easily won this game, and they genuinely fumbled this bag so hard. Yeah, it just got to the point to where. I watched that that last drive for Ohio State, and it was third and 19 
And then just the fact that they were able to get a completed pass all the way down to the one yard line. And he was almost wide open. He could have, he almost could have scored on that play. Oh, absolutely. And then the fact that the next two plays, they couldn't get that one yard. The next I mean, two I plays, was they were struggling. And then edging my seat, hoping that they would fumble it or something, something dramatic would go off. Because I was thinking two different perspectives. One, the nine points that I put on Notre Dame in the pick em. <laughs> So I was stressed. But then it got to the point to where it was like, do I really care about that? Or would a, an Ohio State touchdown finish to buzzer beater like be a better option? I was okay with it, to be honest. That touchdown was insane. Like That just made the game so much better. The fact that that whole situation happened and stuff. I still think it's wild that you put nine points on that game. I mean... Because I thought Notre Dame's offense was going to do more than 14 points, including seven half of their points being in the fourth quarter with one touchdown. It's just I, like, I mean, but I will say Ohio State's defense doesn't look m- like one of the best in the country after this game. Oh, yeah. With the, when I looked at the score, because I was working at one of the soccer games, when I looked at the score at halftime, it was 3-0. I was like, are they even playing football anymore? Like. <laughs> The, the score in the soccer game I'm watching is a more entertaining than this one. <laughs> That's disrespectful. Oh my gosh. I mean, yeah. Com- it was, comparing, to all Notre Dame, comparing Notre Dame to PBA soccer is so disrespectful. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm sorry, PBA soccer. I'll do better. Yeah, but, as, as you said, it was an impressive performance by Ohio State's defense. That ended up being the the difference, especially considering Marvin Harrison Jr. only had three receptions for 32 yards, and they still found a way to win, which was... Which was Notre Dame not putting all their guys on the field. Oh, that... Forgot about that part. That That was so funny. The fact that you did it two plays in a row, two on the most two important plays of the game. Wild. But, yeah, I mean... And talk yeah, about Notre coaching. Dame. Not yeah. to mention the dropped interception that Notre Dame could have had. Oh, yeah, that too. Like, this was all, Notre Dame actually should be undefeated right now. Yeah. They actually messed up so bad. And that's, that's one quick point. It's just for Ohio State, they have to get it together on offense. They have to figure it out. For Ohio I don't, State. I don't know how they moved up two spots, to be honest. Like, I understand it's a road win at Notre Dame, one of the best wins considered of the season so far out of any of the top teams. But it but wasn't. They still look terrible well, in offense. The AP poll doesn't make any sense because you see USC dropped three spots for winning, a twenty-point win. Exactly. And they dropped three spots. I don't get it. Yeah, that's part, why. Part of that doesn't matter until week fourteen. Washington get, getting more respect this week and slightly passing them. Yeah. E, I don't want to hear your opinions on the AP poll. See, hey, we can we can get that later on. N- none of the rankings matter until after the conference championships when it says these four teams are going to the Natties. That's all that matters. But a team that I don't know had been going to the Natties for a while and then has fallen off this last year, Ole Miss, Alabama. Alabama said, "Hey, we're still here. We're still a team." And I mean, we were giving them a lot of crap last week. Uh, but they did win, so I think we have to give them, you know, a little bit of credit for that. I mean, was this the Waddles against the World pick? Did uh, you pick Bama? Oh yeah. Ew. It, it might have been. And they, yeah, but I put as my one point game, so they they held Ole Miss to the least amount of points in the Lane Kiffin era. 
So a lot a lot of this win was on Alabama's defense. Their offense obviously still needs work, though. It does. But I I think this is definitely a bright spot for them. This seems like one of those classic 330-Bama tough wins, like ranked matchup and stuff like that at home. I think they could possibly right the ship because, I mean, this was their first conference game. So, I mean, they're 1-0 in conference play. So... They start figuring it out now. They still have a chance, certainly, for the SEC West. I'm actually mad. Like, if I was Lane Kiffin, I'd be so mad at the fact that you just let a Bama team put up more on you than they could on USF. If I was a head coach of any football team and I lost a game, I'd be so mad. So, I mean. (laughs) I mean, to be fair, we could make the point that Milro didn't take one snap in that game, so. That that could show that those other two QBs are exponentially worse than him. So I only let them play because I promised them I, I would. And that's what I'm saying. I mean, to a, a certain extent, this game kind of proved his point a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not saying completely, but just, I don't know. All right, let's move on. Another quick one to mention. Penn State blew out Iowa. I mean, I, it looks good for Penn State, especially considering the fact that we've got Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan. Um, is there any other Big Ten? I feel like Maryland. Are, Maryland, yeah. Except but they're not I in mean, top twenty-five right now. I mean, but I mean they're that's not in the top twenty. They're undefeated. Yeah, still undefeated, and Tulia yeah. looks he looks good. But that Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan trio. That's I mean, a, all three, a, all three of them going to be undefeated. Whenever they play each other the first time, whatever. CFB, that will, CFB is always better when all three of them are like juggernauts. And oh, stuff yeah. Like, that. like at least up there contending. I have to say, just speaking on the Iowa game quickly, I, I expected Penn State to win just because Iowa's – this is the best Iowa's offensive has been in a few years, and it's still nothing to write home about. Iowa's always a very heavily defensive school. And it really, their defense did not shine particularly in this game. And I think, honestly, one of the most impressive things is the fact that Penn State came out of this Iowa game without a single turnover. And Penn State is the only school not to record any turnovers this season. So I think that's a very impressive feat. You know, this Penn Penn State team could really turn things up and make things interesting late in the season. Yeah, I think Penn State is doing good, but the only thing I would like to mention about Iowa, just keeping track the rest of them, or the rest of the season with this team, is just the fact that their offensive coordinator might be gone. Because you saw that whole thing in the offseason, right? Where he had the contract that he had to be their offense had to average at least 25 a game this year. And now because of this loss, I think they're sitting at like 21 points a game right now. So... They gotta get it back up, or else he's he's gone. <laughs> I feel quite confident that Iowa will figure it out. All right, and our last game to talk about: Oregon State, Washington State. We have on that one. <laughs> I was so happy Oregon State lost, and I know he's happy that Washington State won. <laughs> I am. Cam War is looking good. As one thing this does is it makes the Wisconsin loss not look quite as bad. Obviously, hop off Wisconsin. Obviously, obviously, me picking them to reach the college football playoffs still not a good pick. Like that's so bad. But 
Washington State is looking like, as I said last week, with how stacked the Pac-12 is, they won't be contenders in the Pac-12, but they're a good enough team to be a major player, as in they're definitely talented to play spoiler for some of the teams at the top. Like They're good enough, I believe, to beat Washington, USC, Oregon, or Utah. I don't think that they necessarily will beat enough of those teams, and they're, they'll drop teams to more... They'll drop games to more of those teams than they'll beat, but I definitely think they're good enough to steal one, at least a game from one of those top four Pac-12 teams at the top. I can agree. After seeing their offensive performance, I mean, it's time to give them a little bit more respect. Yeah, so let's move on now to the uh, AP polls top 25, which we already have, you know, kind of touched on just how upset we are with it, but... uh what are our big reactions here to it? Um, I mean, in terms of the top teams, I think it's kind of interesting having Ohio State move up to where they did. But, I mean, it makes sense considering, of course, it, it was the win at Notre Dame, which is one of the best wins on the year considered. And, I mean, the fact that FSU kind of struggled again for the second week in a row against Clemson. But... I'm glad to see that Washington is still moving up. That's one thing I'm definitely happy about. I'll be honest. I just looked at this, and I saw Texas as number three. I was like, what year am I looking at? Totally forgot about them as just a school in general. Yeah, they've kind of been sitting there. I do like that they've just kind of been sitting there under the radar uh, as just a decent – or as a good team right now. I also don't – I get – Looking at now, why Ohio State moved up because Florida State went down. Um, but I just think that that's interesting too, for sure. I mean, just because of the results or whatever, yeah, it, it makes sense. But if anything, USC moving down three is kind of insane. Yeah, absolutely. Notre Dame moving down also just you know most of these just make sense just oh. based on the fact that position wise that they've moved down moved up based on their games I, I don't disagree with it because USC's performance this past week was a two touchdown win against Arizona State which isn't bad isn't a problem or anything that being said Penn State with their win against Iowa Washington with their with how they've looked I think those two teams up to this point have performed better than USC it's not that USC doing that hurts them I think the other teams it's it's not as much USC dropping as much as other teams skipping ahead of them That's with, a good with their, That's with a their good performance. Point. Yeah, And frankly, I think Oregon, with what they did to Colorado also, you could make an argument, could have gone over USC. Although that would have been like a long way to drop a team in one week. But like just based on how performance has been, I think they're, they're where they should be. Yeah, The one team that could be farther down and Jackson may not like this, is Michigan. And part of that is they haven't had much of a chance to prove anything, but they haven't been blowing out teams by as much as they should have. They don't have as quality of a win as Texas, Ohio State, FSU, or Penn State, the four teams behind them. That being said, at the end of the day, they will have many chances to get those quality wins. So at the end of the day, it shouldn't matter too much. The other thing that I think in the AP poll that is 
probably wrong, is down at 21, 22, and 23. I knew you were looking at that for sure. You're, you have Tennessee, Florida, Missouri, three SEC teams in the same division. I'm going to straight up say out of those three teams, Missouri should be the first one because they're undefeated. They have a win over Kansas State, who's currently sitting at 26 receiving votes. And then Florida has a head-to-head over Tennessee. So really, Missouri and Tennessee should be flipped. The Gators shouldn't be under Tennessee, and they shouldn't be over Missouri at this point. It was just like how last week was, like having this conversation. Like, it just does not make sense. Why on earth would you only have them one spot above above Florida when, when obviously Florida got the win pretty handily against yeah. them? I think we could honestly just cut and paste what we said last week in for this week and say the exact same thing about Tennessee-Florida, like, you put them both up there. They both moved up this week, and yet Tennessee is still over Florida. It's like Florida did just beat Tennessee. You can put them ahead of them. It's it's not going to hurt anyone's feelings. They're going to understand. It's going to make sense. Yeah. And I mean, when you look at the receiving votes, obviously that there's that too, but yeah. Z, any comments you've been awfully quiet over there? I'm ju- I'm just thinking about basketball right now. <laughs> yeah, that that makes sense. He's he's done for the day. He's his brain is dead. His mind is shocked. Because uh, like I said, we're recording this Wednesday mid afternoon, two forty, and the uh, Damian Lord tra- Trey just went through. So he's he's mind blown right now. So Ma- major Woge bomb. Yeah, one we'll, of the biggest ones we've had in a while. But we'll, we'll put Z on the IR. No, for we, the gotta, rest we gotta we gotta start. <laughs> Don't start talking about basketball right now because I'll right. get going. Yeah, so before we get off our rails, uh, we're going to close out this episode. Thank you for joining us, and we will be back uh, later this week with our pickums and maybe some NFL, and possibly soon, it looks like, with some NBA content in the next few weeks, as that does start off in the next month. So be sure to follow, comment, like, subscribe, listen, share, all of the things to get us out there. Catch us on the run. Ka-chow! Oh, that was clean.